0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 495, recorded on July 1st, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find more in your home news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the TV studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. And of course, we post the show, and not a bunch tonight, but some world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Christian Johnson, who joined us two weeks ago. Got a chance to catch up with him and everything that's going on over there at Maple Grove Partners. If you haven't checked it out yet, I know it's a busy time for a lot of folks, but if you haven't checked it out yet, go out to, uh, to uh, TheAverageGuy.tv slash HGG494. You can catch up. Uh, with Christian and all that's going on. We have a busy night tonight. Mike will join us here shortly, but I've got John Panazzo with us from Unraid and Lime Technologies. John, welcome back. We've been waiting a while to get you. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks.
1: Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. It's good to be back.
0: I know it's been a little slow over there on the Unraid side. What's kind of give us a quick <laughs> overview. We were actually last time we had you on, we were waiting for 6.9. Yeah to kind of come out, and it mm-hmm. did, and then I pinged you, and you were like, oh, I'll get back to you, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we we finally got it pulled together, but uh, give us a little summary of uh, of how things have been going since the last time we saw
1: you. Uh, things have been going really well, so obviously 6.9, uh, really good release for us, multiple pull support, huge feature, um, really glad that we were able to get that out to people, and uh, I think we're just kind of setting the stage with it with other things that are to come, and we've been working really hard on version 6.10, which we're hoping to have out to folks pretty soon. Uh, 6.10 is going to be all about security over convenience. That's the main mm. theme of that release. Uh, we're making a lot of changes to the default behavior of the operating system. I mean, it, it, you wouldn't have to look hard to find a number of uh, pretty big security issues related to storage appliances in the last few months, you know, cough, cough Western digital, cough, cough, QNAP, uh, you know, list goes on. And uh you know, we we started taking a much harder look at how we were doing things in our operating system, and uh, we're not really in we weren't subject to the same vulnerabilities that those two were in, in those examples. But uh, there were some other things that maybe our default values, which we used to be much more about like, Hey, let's just make this super easy to get it so that you have a NAS with shares that you can write to over the network to, Hey, let's really make the user think a little bit more critically about security. So, uh, you know, it, one of the best examples of this is, is something as simple as the root password. So, you know, when we started on raid uh, before I was even part of the company, you know, the modern, router or switch at that point in time didn't have a default password you had to you just got it you logged into it and then you'd set one if you wanted but you could leave it with no password now that behavior's changed right all the router manufacturers kind of did realize, you know it's probably a good idea to just put something on the back of the box that the user has to see and so we decided you know that's probably something that we should be doing too so everybody in ten is going to be forced to set a root password to the system because mm. you know root means a lot more Mm-hmm. Than just the web GUI. Um, so if somebody was able to get into the system uh, because they didn't have a root password set and was able to actually hit it at the console layer, the S, like through SSH or something, you could do a lot of damage. So having a root password, I think, is going to be huge. But that's just one of, of a number of things that we're changing. John, that's um, a
0: pretty big change when you just kind of think about how long this has been around. And oh yeah, and while it makes sense to me, are you are you like what will you do to kind of work with the existing user base because? You know, there are some sets, setups out there that don't have it. You're going to get some pushback from some folks. So what are you guys thinking about just in, in that area? How do you kind of approach the community to kind of get that communicated?
1: Yeah, so we've, we've actually been talking with the community on this subject, like not as, not publicly, but, you know, because it's kind of a sensitive subject when we're talking security. There's a lot of different facets to it. But we have a number of different community members that are also developers that have contributed to Unraid. And so these discussions weren't just done behind closed doors. We've we been talking to them as well. And, and everybody seemed to be in agreement that, yeah, there's going to be a little hooting and hollering probably here and there. But I think that if we just point to a couple of those examples of, of how much real damage can happen just because you didn't secure it, uh, I think that's going to be eye-opening to folks, and, and uh, I, I don't think there's going to be as much pushback as – there might be a little initially, but I think it'll be quickly abated. Um, and, and in addition to that, I think you know it's not just even about root security. It's about share security. So we're even going to have default behaviors there uh, are going to change as well. Now, one thing that's worth mentioning, you mentioned existing users, we will not proactively change anybody's existing settings on their shares. So from a security perspective, if you already have shares configured that are public, when you upgrade to 6.10, we're not going to automatically set them to private or or take them off of being exported via SMB. But now when you create a new share on version 6.10, uh, SMB export will not be by default and the setting will be set to private, uh, not public by default. So you will have to explicitly tell me, hey, I want this share to be public or, hey, I want this share to be exported over over SMB. Um, so that's just a behavioral change so that folks understand that by default, whatever they're creating is going to be locked down. And then if they want to choose to change that permission level, they're the ones making that choice. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you and I both know most people, they're just click next, 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 right. and, you know, get to the end as quick as they can. And they don't always understand the implications of that. So just by changing this behavior, it's going to educate people that they have to understand what they're doing.
0: Can you, um, uh, from, from that perspective, can you? Because you have a lot of super users in there as well. Oh yeah. Um, so does that affect their setup and in, in, in what they're doing? Or are they going to be? Are the super users going to be fine? I don't think this? the
1: super user. Yeah, I think the super users are already setting a strong root password. I think most of them are probably already using private level security on their shares. So I'm I'm not as concerned about them. And and even if they're not using those settings, to convert them to use those settings, if they're power user, they'll figure it out really quickly um it's it's the more casual users that that aren't uh maybe in the IT industry but they use an unraid server um or folks that just aren't as familiar with with how share security and samba things like that work yeah. they they're going to have to maybe go on the forums here and there hey i created a share and it's not showing up what do i do and and it'll be a quick quick fix um, and there'll be some documentation probably in the wiki as well to to highlight these things as well as, of course, in the release notes. But there's only so much text you can put out there proactively, right? And and at the end of the day, how many people are going to actively look at it? So, you know, thankfully, we have a really good forum community. And so when people run into common problems like that, they post it, they get it resolved pretty quickly.
0: Joe says in the chat room, it's worth noting that Microsoft is also disabling guest public yeah. shares, right? I mean, I think that's kind of the new era uh, that we're in. John, um, folks, uh, you know, Joe says I have a hardware upgrade for my Unraid boxes. I've just been <laughs> too lazy to get out of the rack. Um, what, wh- if I'm at 6.8 and maybe I haven't upgraded yet and I'm going to 6.9, can you give us the quick, you know, what's the, what's the elevator pitch that you would give to get on the 6.9 upgrade? And kind of what is that, what, what, what kind of uh, features or, or what are the important features that it's bringing?
1: I think the number one most important feature in 6.9 by far and away is multiple pool support. I mean, multiple pools really opens the door uh, to a lot of different configurations that you can set up on your system. So, you know, you have to understand. So going back to the early days of Unraid, we had just the array. That was it. There was no cache. There was no idea of a cache pool. There was just the array, and there was only single parity, and that's all there was. And it, generally speaking, in that configuration, there's a couple ways that you can you can go about setting up the disks to work that will yield different performance results. And the main way that people would use it was where we would only spin up the disks. Uh, that were actually being written to. So if you were doing a write to a share, typically you'd only be writing one file at a time and you would see the disk that you were writing to spin up and the parity disk spin up and that was it. And that would give you the best uh, power consumption, best longevity out of your disks, but the sacrifice there would be a little bit of performance. And so you'd see anywhere from 30 to 60 megabytes a second, depending on what era, you know, what decade we were talking about uh, and what type of devices we were talking about. But that was kind of the high end of what you would see. And so some people were saying, Well, I have a one gigabit network and I want to go a little bit faster. I want to get I want to saturate that link. So how do I do that? Well, at the time, before cache, there was only one other method, and that was to turn on Uh, setting under disk setting is called reconstruct write and that would spin all the disks up for any write operation and you can still do that today by the way if anybody out there wants to immediately boost the performance of writes uh, directly to the array bypassing the cache you can still go in disk settings and it's a a md write method and the tunable there you want to set is uh, reconstruct write and that'll make all the disks spin for any write operation which means that there's one less io path that has to happen or one io thread that has to happen Uh, per write operation and so that substantially improves the performance and generally speaking when you do that you're going to get pretty much the write speed of the slowest drive in the array Mm -hmm. so and most hdds are already going over 100 megs a second 100 megabytes per second so you're going to saturate a one gigabit link fine but then you're obviously spinning all your discs up adding more wear and tear so we added the cache and the cache was a way to offload and then people said, okay, well, the cache is great, but now it's subject to disk log- or uh, data failure, right? So if a, if a device fails, if the cache fails, there is no redundancy for the cache. So that's, that's not a great solution. It's a temporary one, but it's not a great solution. So then we added the idea of, of having a cache pool where you could have multiple devices in a pool. And so your cache would be both high performance and redundant. You get the best of both worlds there, which is awesome. Uh, and then we added VMs and Docker support, right? And When those things were combined, we started to see some users complain about write contention, right? So what would happen is if you had a a busy network environment where storage was constantly being written to over the network and you had a cache-enabled share that that was happening to, and you had virtual machines that were living on that cache, and you had Docker containers that as applications were were writing to the cache, you have these three different sets of needs all hitting the same cache pool at the same time. And so with HDDs, that could be really bad. Even with SSDs, that could be not the greatest because it can cause uh, performance issues either from within the VM for any Docker container or just your writes across the network. And so there was no real solution to that problem. So with 6.9, by adding multiple pools, users are literally able to now Segment their needs into different pools and not just between applications, but even between shares. So if I say, all right, I want to have a cash pool and I want to dedicate that just for my virtual machines, fine, create one for that need. Mm -hmm. Separately, maybe I want a cash pool just for my Docker containers, just for my applications that are running on the server. Okay, fine. Create one just for that. And maybe I want another cache pool that's going to front-end write operations to the array and act as a proper cache, right? Mm -hmm. So I can have one for that. And then maybe I want yet another one that's for a specific share where maybe I have a bunch of other like video editors, let's say, like Linus uh, uh, from Linus Tech Tips might do this, where he'd have a pool set up just for his video editors to work on Mm -hmm. so that that's segmented from all the other stuff that's happening. So it's a way to segment... Uh, your needs for I/O uh, across different pools. So I, I think that's huge.
0: Yeah, no, that and that sounds uh, interesting from the, the the standpoint and a little a little more complex, right? For folks to kind of figure out. Okay, I got these drives. Going to assign them to this pool, and then they're going to have a specific use. We may have, I, I imagine, in some heavy use scenarios, you want to get those on maybe spinning disks, just to make sure you're not wearing out your SSDs uh, from that perspective. So. Uh No, super cool from that perspective. Yeah. As you think about looking ahead to to 6.10, what are the, what are a couple features if you were, you know, kind of thinking like, oh, we're, we're really, you mentioned one uh, already, but, but w- what are you looking forward to? And, or, or what's the important parts of
1: 6.10? So there's a lot of stuff that I need to kind of leave under wraps. Sure, I can't no give worries. away all no, the goodies. No, no, worries. Um, no worries. Whatever we can talk about. Yeah, so so like I said, security is the big one. That's that's the big thing that's changing. Uh, There's a number of other areas in which security is changing that are not so much user-facing, but more of uh, adding better protections into how certain operations happen within the system so that uh, bad actors can't take advantage. Um, And then in addition to that, there's a number of under-the-hood updates that we're doing to... um, uh, how do I want to say this without giving everything away, uh, to LibVirt and Kimi, we'll leave it at that. So so things related to virtualization that certain folks have been asking for. Um, and there's just a ton of under the hood fixes. So um, I, we're going to have a public release here, hopefully pretty soon. And we'll have a, a set of release notes attached to it that give you the full goodies and the full breakdown. But I'd say that the biggest stuff that, that people are going to be seeing in this release are two things. One uh, is all the security changes. The other is actually going to be my servers integration. Uh, so if you remember from the last time we talked about this, uh, we, were, we were talking a little bit about the, the soon.unread.net domain and, mm-hmm. uh, and what that was all about. And so that's obviously since been released. Uh, and basically what that was was it's a it was an early access program for folks uh, to both join our Discord server, which was is now public. so I encourage folks out there to join our Discord server. Where, where would uh, they,
0: how would they how would they join that, John? What's the best way to do that?
1: So it's actually through our forum. So you can actually uh, sign in to our forums, and then you can link your forum account to our Discord server. And what that does is it preserves your username, it preserves your identity on the Discord server. So if you already are a Unraid forum member, and you're participating in our community, nobody's going to be able to impersonate you uh, Mm -hmm. on our Discord Mm -hmm. server. So uh, but that's how you you actually get okay. into it as well.
0: What's the quick address for the forums if if folks wanted to go out there
1: forums.unraid.net. Okay, perfect. So, pretty perfect. Easy, pretty easy to remember that
0: one. Yeah, no, right um, on. I just want to make sure we get that in there.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of a lot of security centric stuff happening in 6.10 and uh moving forward with 6.11, we've got we've got a lot of fun stuff in store. We're hopefully going to tackle ZFS. Mm. That's my that's my big wish. So, okay. I, I I you know, we we started our own podcast since the last time. Yeah. Uh, on, what's on the yours.
0: name what's the name of it's it? It's
1: called The Uncast. So everything's on. We're we're always on like seven up is going to come after me and say, look, that marketing, we're taking it back. So, um, we're we're (laughs) going to beat that into the ground. Okay. We're just, everything is going to be on. And, uh, and so we started the uncast and, uh, I've got five episodes in as of tomorrow. Oh, good. And so, uh, tomorrow's episode is a, a lot about 6.10, a lot more uh, about the security features that are changing, as well as a topic that I love to talk about, which is uh, high performance use cases for Unraid. And specifically, ten gigabit networking. Um, so I've been doing a ton of experimenting lately with ten gigs. So have uh, the rest of the team here. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it's 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 been a fun uh, a fun experiment uh, because you know traditionally we never really thought of ten gig as is something we even would really have to worry about because you know I mean. Uh, not okay you're you're kind of an old IT guy right so you know mm-hmm, right. back in the day yeah. 10 gig was super expensive right. i mean it, you just you never even would think about putting it right. in your home right. but now you got you know these ubiquity 10 gig switches that are 550 yeah. you know yeah. we got one of those xg16s here and i it's it's pretty sharp it's it's pretty nifty it took me a while to figure out how to get it set up actually but once i did it, it it's pretty nifty um and it's got four 10 gig ports that are ethernet based and then i think 16 uh, SFP plus ports on it, and it was five fifty. I'm like, that's not really that bad. No. And now you can get ten gig NICs for under a hundred bucks. So that's that's huge. Um, So there, we're starting to see some more people. Uh, experimenting with 10 gig on Unraid. And, and this is where you do see some performance limitations between either using HDDs uh, or things that are mm. going through the cache pool even. Uh, there's just some, some, some performance limitations based on how Samba works and based on how uh, our network stack is tuned and based on uh, the fact that we use Butterfest RAID 1, not a RAID 0. Uh, so there's there's some areas that uh, that we needed to play around with to see you know what would happen if those barriers were lifted from say maybe a new type of file system being added we'll just say maybe there's mm-hmm. something like that so <laughs> so there would be a reason to have uh, the capability to do 10 gigabit transfers and uh, you know we were banging our head against the wall but we started playing around with SMB multi-channel mm. and I gotta yeah. say you'll find out some more on the podcast tomorrow but um, yeah yeah, we, we blew the doors off this thing. Uh, it was, it was great. We saw bi-directional 10 gig performance. So, um, really, really excited at what that means for the potential of unrate in the future.
0: How long before 10 gig you think is fairly, I mean, it's out there, but as we think about mainstream and mm-hmm. lots of, lots of folks using it, how long do you think before we see that?
1: So I think that it'll come in phases. So the first, um, well, not maybe, the, maybe not the first, but one of the things that I could easily see people doing is as they upgrade their hardware. So some, at some point, you know, in your life cycle of owning an Unraid server, you know, you're going to add storage, you're going to replace storage. But eventually you're just going to be like, you know what, I'm building a new one. I'm building a new one. I'm going to do a data migration and I'll take the old one and I'll either repurpose it or maybe I'll make it my backup server. That's what a lot of people do. And so what I could easily see folks doing is saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not even going to buy a 10 gig switch. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to go buy two 10 gig NICs. Mm. and i'm going to just plug them direct into one
0: another there you go
1: and just create a private network between the two unraid servers and that way when i need to do my backup jobs i can go at full 10 gig speed so that's a that's a low cost way for someone to begin adopting 10 gig cuz you got to remember you can still do that over standard ethernet right so now your your real out of pocket cost is the two nics and those are i think they're a quantia i don't know how to pronounce the name but the mm-hmm. the ones from asus i think they are okay. they're like 97 bucks on Newegg.
0: that's pretty reasonable
1: so it's pretty reasonable for us. For I mean, you're in a single port, but you don't. Do you yeah. really need dual 10 gig? I mean, if you do, well, I want to be your friend. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is my audience we're talking about. So. That's true. I guarantee you Somebody's know, probably somebody it.
1: out there that bought some, one of those Cisco Unified Fabric yeah. 160 gigabit throughput Nix. And they're yeah. like, I got this in my yeah. basement. And I'm like, oh, you jerk. <laughs> just, just making us all cry.
0: Oh, that's super good. I put the, I put the link to the, uh, to the podcast on raidnet slash blog slash podcast. If you want to head out and get that, what, give me a little, um, just give me a little hint on the format. Like if I was going to go out and listen to the podcast, what would I expect? What's your format? How long is it? That kind of stuff.
1: So I, I haven't adopted video yet. That's the okay. one thing no. that I'll say. So no. it's audio only. Probably for right better now.
0: that way. You know, it's just we're just talking heads, John.
1: Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I know, and that's so. kind of what I was saying. But I'm getting yeah. pressure from some people to be no, like, "Hey, no, man, no. can you add some video? It'd be kind of cool to actually see your guests." And sure. you know, eventually, sure. I want to see if I can get Linus from Linus Tech Tips on. Yeah. That would be Heck that'd yeah. be good to have video. So I think we're going to yeah. do that eventually. Good. Uh, but it's audio only for right now. But we cover a, a lot of different topics. So some of the episodes are just me. It's just me ranting. No, it's just me talking about different <laughs> different subjects related. Like the first yeah. one's all about owning your own home server, uh, kind of the, the do's and don'ts of, of why you should want one. Uh, and then we we have a couple other episodes where we have some guests. Re- recently I had on uh, Bill Clayman, which is actually a personal friend of mine, uh, and he's uh, he works for Switch, uh, the big data center company. And uh, before that, we actually had on Polish uh, Scouts and uh, Scouts, and I'm. Tr- he always tells me you got to pronounce my last name like there's a G after the S, and I <laughs> it's hard for me to do Scouts and. Uh, and he is the founder of uh, Home Assistant.
0: And oh, so we really? had him
1: and Doug Robertson ah. from uh, Alterco Robotics, the guys that make Shelly, uh, the IoT devices. We had yeah. them. That was a great one. I highly encourage your audience to check that one out. That was yeah. super fun. Uh, so, yeah, so we have a variety of different topics that we cover. So it's not a consistent format. Uh, sometimes we're going to cover, you know, different news events that are relevant. Sometimes we're going to talk, you know, deep dive into unrated subjects like Episode 2 where I went all in on uh, VMs and GPU pass-through. Uh, so we kinda, we kinda, it's kind of a revolving door of subjects. And then this one that's coming out tomorrow is all about version 6.10 and the 10 gigabit testing that I've been doing.
0: Uh, well, home assistant has made, I mean, Weger loves, and by the way, I can is MIA tonight. i will have to, see. he was like, Hey, I can't get in on the link. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't get in on the link? <laughs> I think he's been drinking. Um, that's all right. We, we, Mike kind of brought, or maybe it was Maybe it was you. Maybe it was you. The last time you were on here, I think you said something about Home Assistant, and that I think mm. lit a fire for us Maybe. that that we have uh, we have not gotten off of, and we still talk about it quite a bit. We haven't talked about it in the last couple weeks or last couple months, but we we both spent a lot of time. We've got Home Assistant running. Mike's had it running in about eight thousand different configurations on his Unraid box, and and uh, we've been messing around with that. I'm kind of a set it and just use it kind of guy with it, and have created, you know, with Home Assistant, I've created, you know, ring dashboards, and I have a, I have an all switches dashboard that's just got, it's just a page of all the switches. I can just go right to it and, 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 you know, and do those piece, uh, do those pieces there. So we've gotten, um, we've gotten into, so cool, I have to go back, that's, that's one, Uh, that's episode three, dated June 4th, uh, there again, unraid.net, a slash blog slash podcast. You can get out to the uncast, or the, no, what yeah, the you, uncast. Un- you got it. Uncast. Okay. yeah, Uncast. uncast and I love that. It's name, also right?
1: on YouTube. So okay. uh, you can check us out on YouTube as well.
0: Uncast um, channel or is it a It's un- channel? It's a channel. It's a channel.
1: It's its, okay. it's, a channel. it's, its own channel. Uh, so Good. yeah, there's, uh, like I said, all, we, we try to keep it in tandem as well. And we're on all the major podcast platforms. So, you know, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google, like you name it. It's yeah. everything that Buzzsprout supports. We're on. So super. it's super. Yeah.
0: Good to, good to see you guys. I know you were, you were thinking about that the last time we had you on and uh, good to see you guys doing your own. Um, From a, from a company perspective, uh, things, uh, I assume, you know, everybody made it through the pandemic. Okay. Business wise yep. and health wise, we're hoping mm-hmm. for as well. Um, Anything you're looking for new or any, any kind of thing oh, yeah. open there? Looking, oh yeah, for
1: sure. So we know, are expanding. Uh, we are looking for a senior Node.js developer right now. We actually have a post on our blog um, about that. So if you're interested in applying, I think we actually just extended the deadline on applications uh, another couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, I would highly encourage if you you have good Node.js experience and are interested in joining a team with lots of flexible work hours and lots of really good benefits, I would highly encourage you apply because we are looking for somebody.
0: What's uh? I assume that's uh. Just go out to look at careers out there on the uh, on the Unraid site, and they should be able to find that. Uh,
1: it's just it's actually a blog post, so we don't actually have okay. a careers page on our site yet, but we do have uh, a blog post about the job position. So if you go Perfect. to our blog, I think it's like the second most recent blog post that was up there.
0: Uh, uh, remote capabilities. I'm assuming absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, no onsite yeah. required. Um, you know, we it's it's super flexible. It's starting as a contract position. Uh, but potential for full- time position. Uh, but yeah, super flexible, pretty easy to work with team, uh, people that are professionals, but you know fun to talk yeah. to. So yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, so about how big how big is the organization now? what what do, what do you have as you think about resources available?
1: Um, we have uh, over 10 total people working nice. on the project at this point. Mm. Um, you know, we're it, it's a combination of full-time staff and uh, uh, part-time contractors. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great team. We have a really great team of people. Like they're just, they're very de- dedicated to, to grinding at at the code and uh, making things better, double checking security. Uh, we even brought in multiple people from our community. Uh, so most recently we hired uh, Larry Meany, who is heading up our, uh, my service development. And he's known as LJM42 on our forums. <laughs> and he's been a <laughs> forum member for for years, yeah. uh, former yeah. Cisco employee. So, so very talented uh, developer. Uh, so yeah, I mean we we're we're very excited about our potential as a business because we do have such a dedicated and loyal community. And not only do we have a dedicated and loyal community, they're full of professionals. They're full of people like you, like me, that are you know super into IT or they're developers. And I mean even Alexis, one of our other developers uh, from Australia, she's you know started as a, a forum user, started as a user of Unraid, and then wanted something in Unraid, wanted an API. And started talking with our development guys. And they were like, hey, if you want to come on board and start helping us build stuff like that, yeah, we're we're all game. And, you know, just one thing led to another. So it's really great when you have a community of talented people that you can tap into to continue your growth as a business. So that's that's one of the biggest things that I think about our company yeah, right cool. now. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Good. Exciting. So if you're interested in that, head out to the site. Um, head out to unraid.net and, uh, and find that blog post and, and get applied. That'd be, it'd be great to see somebody. Maybe from our community, make it into a role like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, John, a couple of years ago, um, I started doing some hard drive uh, cryptocurrency mining slash farming.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, were it you, nev- were you using Chia or what were you using? Well, we, uh, originally we started on Burst way back okay. in the day and did some Burst mining. And then Chia has picked up, I'm glad you mentioned it. Chia, that's a project uh, I picked up uh, mi- oh, middle to late last year. It was kind of my pandemic project that I worked okay. on. Um, uh, uh burst didn't do this, but Chia has kind of driven up the price of hard drives and SSDs. I was gonna, I was gonna say, do you guys sense that? I mean, the, you're in a space. Yes. You're doing the software for it, but you're talking right. to so many people. Have you gotten any negative feedback? Like I can't find an SSD anywhere to put in my Unraid box. Cause they're all getting, they're all getting picked up. Have you, had, so any... not,
1: I haven't seen that yet. Like I haven't seen anybody saying that yet. Um, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are um but no not not so much okay. the funny okay. thing about Chia's yeah. is that i i know very little about chia but it's mm-hmm. funny that you brought that you were mentioning yeah. you know uh crypto mining off of storage because when i had bill clayman on that was one of the things that he had talked to me actually about pre-show was like hey have you checked out this chia stuff yet is that, <laughs> does that work on unread i'm like well let me look and then looked on the app store uh and and sure enough there was a yeah. chia docker container out there so yeah. i'm like well clearly somebody thought it was a good idea and He's like well, yeah, you got to check this out. This is so cool. I have so much unused space on my server, and now I can, you know, do some chia mining off of it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I just I still think about the little pets that grow plant, you know, plant grows on top of. But <laughs> yes. all right,
0: uh, that's, that's it gets it gets so, a so lot. of you have a for chia,
1: that. Do you have a chia mining operation I, going? Uh, now? Well,
0: I, you know, we call it farming. So that okay. that's the, that little. They're trying to, you know, they're trying. They're they're making this Getting big plan of being green. Yeah, they're trying to be green oh, okay. about this, right? So they're calling it farming and. I didn't. I purchased a few hard drives just to kind of round out. You know, when my Marine son came home, he bought a cat, and that cat pulled one of my server boxes off the oh, shelf. Oh no! And three drives instantly dead. Right. <laughs> oh, so that was pretty. Good. He felt really bad. I bet uh, he felt bad for that. The but, cat? <laughs> uh, no, the cat didn't. The cat didn't care. <laughs> yeah, of shit. But that's the right. the but he was super. Ike, dad. I'm so sorry. And like, don't worry about it. You know, it's just it's just drives and. It actually got me to kind of reconfigure. I reconfigured my Unraid box and and actually put some bigger drives in it because I wanted to use it as a storage location. One of the great things about Chia is it doesn't necessarily require a ton of power. It just needs to be able to get to the drives relatively yeah. quickly. And of yeah. course, Unraid can do that fine. And so I put some of those plots. That's what they, you know, you generate these plots, put some of that on the on the Unraid server. I've got a you know, a device. I've got a Drobo device. I put some on, and then I built a big kind of Windows server that's got the big. You know, it's got most of it in there, and um, and so yeah, we're we're doing some mine on it. It's great on Unraid. It's great. It's you know, it does it what it needs to do. It does it fast enough. It's an SMB share, just goes out to the network. It can read those, and I could scale that out if I wanted to. You know, if it could, we could put a lot of files on there, and it works great. You know, that's, that's kind amazing. of, yeah, it's, it's, they don't yeah. recommend, you know, in this, in this space, they don't recommend RAID because you want to get the maximum number of files per hard drive. Right. And, and in some cases I've actually just gone against that because I'm like, well, if I do lose a drive and I've got it raided, I can rebuild that quickly yeah. and I don't have to replot. So there's some back and forth, you know, going yeah, on. Yeah, that that's,
1: that's, that's an interesting kind of thought process that they're saying you wouldn't want to use some kind of parity protection
0: well, I, I, they can. They say you can just replot them faster than, re, in some cases, maybe than spending the time rebuilding. Oh, now, okay. that may be different if you're talking about larger drives, right? Sure. I mean, rebuilding uh, or replotting to an 8-terabyte drive or something like that might be. I've kind of kept the drives for this project, kind of kept them small. So okay. just in case something happens, yeah. like 4-terabyte drives were in the sweet spot when I was doing this at like okay. 50 bucks. And so, so how does you know, it work?
1: Do you just fill them up and then yeah. sell them?
0: No, or? no. So you fill them up and then you have a software application. You have a you know, you have a, a miner like a or a farmer, or yeah, that's yeah. it's presented to the blockchain and then everybody submits their solutions and one wins, right? That's basically how it that's basically how crypto mining works, right? Okay. Just, okay. There's a so, there's a problem that's that's put forth by the blockchain and everybody tries to solve it. This is oversimplified by the way, but pretty yeah, close. Yeah. And then, and so you have these pre-plotted, you know, these, you, you create these plots basically on GPU mining, right? That's all done in real time. Solution, right. solve it. <laughs> solution, right. solve it. Right. With hard drive, it's like solution. And then it looks on the hard drive for the solution. And if it's Right. There, you win okay. It. So, you know, a hard drive runs at what, five watts maybe?
1: yeah it's super three, low power three four five gpu yeah.
0: runs at like what 500 three, watts yeah
1: yeah <laughs> enough to make enough of <laughs> right? a space eater okay let's yeah let's leave it no at that. right
0: on <laughs> so the the unraid box has been great for that uh in the great thing is is because they're just smb shares i can have them out there and and still be running the box for all kinds of other things and it doesn't take very much power on the i don't run any dockers i don't run the you know, the software in a Docker or anything like that. I've got that running on a windows box, mm-hmm. but, uh, works out, works out pretty, uh, pretty well. I, I just wondered if like, maybe you had got like, it's the hard drive community. It, yeah. no, everybody I... was complaining. Like I can't find a 10 terabyte drive anywhere type thing, you know?
1: Wow. I, you know what, because it's been a while since I've had to order any additional storage devices. Mm. I, I, maybe I've just missed the timing on that cuz nah. the last time I ordered them I didn't have a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, well, it have been, been, been a little bit so. early in the year. Like it's it's really started yeah. kind of taking off. Like, what about
1: SSDs? Is that affecting yeah, I would guess maybe well, not as
0: very mu- no, very much so because really? the plotting process <gasps> goes faster. It's much faster on an SSD. Uh, now okay, you just trash sense. the SSD in the process. Sure. Like, you just destroy it. So Have you
1: done the economics on it? Does it make like financial sense? Like you'll get enough mm-hmm. burn, like will yeah. you get a return?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, then it's worth it then, right? I mean, Yeah, it's, can. we were in early and, and, uh, and so being in early, in fact, there's a guy listening who's helping me out with it. Getting in early was a little more profitable than trying to get in right now. The net, the network itself, like, I think you'll be, you, you may be a surprise. The, the total space right now is at 29 exabytes. So 29 exabytes of plot files are competing for these solutions, on, wow! Yeah, it's a lot of storage, and that's I would insane. imagine quite a bit on you know some of this is on Unraid. Right?
1: Oh, I'm sure, because um, you dedicate entire disks. Is that how you have to do it? You, have to you dedicate you, the entire disk, or can it's, you dedicate well, just a partition? Or
0: yeah, you can dedicate anything you want to it. It doesn't care. It just wants the. I guarantee,
1: I guarantee you that whoever's got excess storage sitting on their box that's he, just idling there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, why not? Why yeah. wouldn't you? Right, and that was. Yeah. That was kind of the idea behind the whole project was if you got extra space, simply plot these and run it. And if you, if you need the space back, just delete the plots. Yes. It's it's not I never, I
1: never personally got into crypto. I just never did the mining thing. And I, I think it's because I always thought that by the time I'd figure it out, it'd be at that point where the the is not profitable is, it's not yeah. that profitable anymore yeah. so i'm just like i'm not that smart to to figure yeah. it out quick enough to be to make money off of it like i've seen people with these crazy farm setups where they're mm-hmm. pouring liquid nitrogen on top of the graphics cards mm-hmm. to get just that little bit more performance out of it i'm like that I'm, I'm not doing i'm not doing that i'm not i'm not touching that so i think with the GIA yeah. stuff i just was too late but i you know like i said bill brought it up to me and he's like this is great yeah. he's like this is an awesome way to utilize capacity that's on your system that you're just not using.
0: Well, so. John, that's the key though. Like it's not, if you already have, if you already have storage, if you already have data, I mean, if you already got drives, if the, at the infrastructure set up, if you're not buying anything, it's never too late. Like, because I
1: guess that's true. What, okay. I guess that's true. It's already there and it's not like it's high yeah. power consumption. So no, I guess I should get into it then. Is that what you're yeah, telling you should, me? I think you should All look right.
0: into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should. All right. I think just from a storage and what's going on around crypto in this space, you know, yeah. it's kind of the second ger- generation burst was like, there's a, there's a bunch of companies burst in storage and, sure. um, who were kind of first gen. And then uh, they, they learned a bunch of things and now there's Chia and there's going to be a ton of Chia copycats by the way. Oh, yeah. So, cause it's been fairly successful, but I think from a storage perspective, it's worth looking into. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you one more question before I got to let you go. Cause we're out of sure. time, but As we think about those popular applications, this, this reminded me of that question when you said, yeah, I saw, I went and looked in our, in the space to see if, if if Chia was in, was in there. What's, as we think about applications, what are the hot applications on Unraid right now? Do you get any sense for what's being used the most as we think about the applications that are out there?
1: Well, I mean, Plex, I think, is number one. I think that's one of the most common ones because sure. it's one of the ones that's just stupid simple to set up, and it offers too many benefits. You know, the ability to sync to mobile, the ability to play from anywhere. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a universal client, and from a feature perspective, like it. I mean, those guys they're they're trying to compete with Netflix. They're trying to they're trying to offer similar. Like I remember when Netflix added the like skip intros feature. And I'm like, well, shit, Plex, Plex is never going to have this. <laughs> and then the next week, like, there's a yeah. skip intros button on Plex. I'm like, man, these guys are—they're paying attention. Like, they're—they know what they're doing, and that's awesome. So I think that's by far probably number one. Even though I know that for the super users out there, a lot of people like MB. Uh, I—I I've, I've personally, mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I looked at MB. Last time I did, it seemed a little confusing to me. But again, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm the dumb user. I want it to be stupid simple. I want it to be like I can hand it to. You know, buddies that are not IT professionals, and they'll figure it out in a minute. So, um, but I know Embia. There's a lot of people that like Embia. My neighbor that just moved next door to me ends up being an Unraid customer mm. already, and he uses MB. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then I think uh, Home Assistant is a really big one. You know, mm-hmm. Paul Paulus mm-hmm. is actually the author of the Docker container that is on Unraid. Oh wow! So if you're yeah. loading uh, Home Assistant using Docker on Unraid. You can trust the fact that the person who's maintaining that Docker container in the app store is the creator of the app themselves. That's not always the case. Um, And so I I think home automation is a very logical tie-in to Unraid because you you need some kind of central control platform. Uh, to do that from, and, and Unraid gives you two ways to do it. There's within the Docker container itself. And then another method is that he actually has a virtual machine mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. template that you can download.
0: That's the and way then, I run it. It's that's how I'm doing VM. it because he yeah.
1: he told me to. He was like, you yeah. know, the Docker container is kind of like the light way yeah. so that you can try right. it out. But right. if you really want the most featured version of it, then you've got to get the VM template. And so that's yeah. what I want to actually build that in. So like we have um, uh, where you can download OpenELEC as a pre-built mm-hmm. virtual machine within Unraid. So, or, or Libre-elect. Um, And so you just go to the VMs tab, you click Librelec, and you hit download and it downloads the image. I want to do that for Home Assistant. I think that would be a nice, mm-hmm. nice feature add so that people don't have to manually specify it. And then I can even add his little icon in there to make it all official. And yeah. I think that'd be really cool to do. That so I want to do cool. that. Um, I think that, uh, gosh... Well, the number one plugin that people install is community applications. Clearly. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, You know, that's, that's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. um,
0: and by the way, that's rock solid. Like I've never, yeah. that, that's been one that's just, it just doesn't ever go wrong.
1: Well, pretty soon you won't be able to install it anymore. Why not? Cause we're going to build it into the platform.
0: Ah, there go. <laughs> well, that's good. That's
1: so we're, good. we're working real close with squid on that. And yeah. uh, he's the, he's been the developer of that uh, plugin yeah. and, uh, uh, we do want to get it incorporated at some point because yeah. it just it makes sense. Like it's such a powerful thing to be able to add all sorts of different applications and whatnot on the fly. So yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, and then uh, the, you know, honestly, there's just there's so what what shocks me isn't necessarily what the most popular applications are. It's the sheer number. Mm-hmm. It's the sheer number. Like because I I remember going back to the unread five days. And there was like, I could count on two hands how many different plugins existed. You know, that was it because they all had to be custom written for Slackware and they all had to be written for Unraid. So there was no Docker, there was no VM platform. And then we had Docker and this just, this community just exploded around us. And just, yeah. I mean, I think we're in the thousands now of various applications that you can add.
0: That's super so, great. Yeah, yeah, that is super yeah. great. John, thanks for coming. Anything we need to say to pay the bills for, for the marketing guys there at Unraid? Anything we missed? <laughs> we got the job post in, but anything else? that? Just uh, make
1: sure you check out the podcast. Come yeah. check out the Uncast. Come see us. Tomorrow's Episode 5. I hope you guys tune in. We'll launch tomorrow. Uh, if, you, okay. if you or someone you know is a Node.js developer, please apply. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking to add some people to the, the, my servers team and, and we can use some really talented people for that. So, uh, definitely hope to, to see some more applications come in as a result of that and keep your eyes out for version 6.10, the first public release, uh, hopefully coming out very soon. Uh, excited right. to, to see some feedback on that and, uh, stay tuned for, for a lot more good stuff from us. We've got a lot of stuff planned for this year yet.
0: Sweet. Hey, John, ping me when you get a, when you get some time on your calendar, or we can just talk tech. Like we can talk gadgets with you because I know yeah, you're a gadget sure. guy as well. So as you, as uh, th- some things open up and, and everything's crazy busy right now, but if yes. some things open up, ping me, you know, we do this on Thursday nights, just ping me and we'll get you in a slot and we'll
1: have you back. For sure. For talk sure. Likewise, I got to have you and Mike on the, uh, the podcast yeah. be a so fun, just from a soon.
0: user. Yeah. From, well, get, get, let's get all the important ones on first. And then then we can <laughs> you can have us on and we can goof around. Uh, Sounds fun. Man. Thanks, John. Appreciate all you coming right. on Take tonight. Easy, right. You Good bet. You, Take brother. care. You bet. Bye bye. A uh, uh, couple reminders uh, just for you. Thanks, big thanks to John for coming on. Uh, Panazo for uh, for being with us tonight. Appreciate you guys coming out. We uh, struggled to get Mike on all night. It just never really worked out. He was supposed to work it out, and he was having trouble with the link, and and so I don't know what's going on going on over there. But we miss you, Mike, from that perspective. Thanks for given me two weeks off. Well, it wasn't really two weeks, but I got a week off last week. It was fun. I had a friend in town, and, and it was nice to get a Thursday off, as well as not having to worry about uh, an episode out on, <laughs> out on uh, Saturday. Uh, by the way, um, I'm getting a pretty regular schedule with this. So if you're listening to this on the podcast channel, uh, it's out most Saturdays by usually like noon or 1, 1 p.m. So if you're ever wondering when do I put this out, many of you are a couple weeks behind. But if you're wondering when do I put this out? Uh, that might be a good indication. Generally, Saturdays, I do ask the podcast coach with Dave Jackson at 930 Central. That goes 930 to 11. I start watching uh, Cigar Authority at 11 with, with Ed Sullivan uh, on that. And then I, I do the podcast or I edit the podcast while we're doing that. So um, uh, just in case you're always wondering, when does that thing come out? Yeah, around 1 p.m. Central. Saturdays, usually when we have a live show. A couple of reminders reminders uh, before we go. One, if you got any questions you want to throw in the chat room that I can answer here, maybe in a post-show, uh, throw those questions in there. and We'll do that kind of post-show work. If you want to join us in the Discord group, you can do that, theaverageguide.tv slash Discord. Don't forget to leave us a message. We'd love to get some messages. Oh, speaking of that, by the way, uh, Rich Hay, if you know Rich Hay from uh, Windows Observer or the old Windows Observer, Rich Hay will be here next week. And we're going to talk Windows 11. So that's pretty cool. He'll be here to lots of things. I think by then it, the beta versions of it may be out through the Insider uh, Preview. So we'll talk a little bit about Windows 11. If you want to jump in on that, that'll be next week uh, with Rich Hay. If you want to leave us a message or leave a message for Rich, you can send us an, uh, a, a voicemail. Just go to HomeGadgetGeeks.com, bottom right-hand corner leave a voicemail for us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you in that way. If you want to send me an email, I'm at, I'm um, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I've been doing a little more Twitter lately, and I've been doing a little more work Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter and you're like, what's all this strength stuff? What's well, that's, my job. That's what I do, and I've been doing more of that on Twitter. We still post some tech stuff, and I'd love to have you guys uh, throw some stuff at me on Twitter. So, at Jake if you want to do that, if you want to jump in. Twitter kind of comes and goes. It's kind of a weird platform. It's there for a while, and then it's not, and then it's there, and then it's kind of not. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, appreciate that um, as well. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform powered by Maple Grove Partners. You saw Christian last, well, two weeks ago, and uh, things are great over there at Maple Grove Partners. If you're looking for some high-speed, secure, reliable hosting that you can trust, that's, of course, that's Christian and uh, what he's doing over there at Maple Grove Partners get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. MapleGrovePartners.com. Love to have you uh, over there to do, to do that. We'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll stick around for so a little short show today. Hopefully, you know, I know I'm just coming back from the break. Uh, you know, 45 minutes, dude. Are you serious? Well, okay, sorry. Uh, Actually, it'll probably be 40 by the time I edit it, but We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Rich Hay, I'll track down Weger to see where he went, see if we can get him back. Joe, thanks for sending the beer. We, uh, we got Joe, Joe sent us some more beer. We'll be probably taking a crack at that in the next week uh, or two. I'll stay around for some post show. If you're out there in the chat room and you want to throw some questions at me or just chat that way, we can do it as well. Thanks for coming out with that. We'll say goodbye.